You are now listening to the Way to Go Youth Podcast with Pastor Jerome Baker. This podcast is an outreach of a place of refuge church located in Carrollton, Georgia, where the pastor is Bishop Barry Walker. Our vision is to help youth and young adults to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's word. Now, let's receive Pastor Baker with today's message. You are listening to The Way to Go. The main character in our text is is David. David's name means beloved, and it suggests to us that David had a solid relationship with God from his childhood to his adulthood. David was committed to God. No matter what he went through, he kept the Lord as the head of his life. We would be correct to say that David, as a man after God's own heart, he thought the word, he spoke the word, and he did the word. And David is someone we should learn from. Likewise, young people, we need to have a solid relationship with God. And of course, we have a solid relationship with God through Jesus. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father except by by me. And when you have a solid relationship as a young person, like David, you will abide in the word. You're going to strive on a daily basis to think word, talk word, and to to do word. Again, when you have a solid relationship with the Lord, you're going to think word. What else? You're going to talk word, and you're going to do word. When you consider David's life, young people, young adults, he had what I call some prominent traits, some very unique and essential traits about himself. Wasn't a perfect man, but his lifestyle spoke for him. Likewise, it's important for your lifestyle to speak for you. Proverbs 20 and 11 says here, even a child is known by his deeds or what you do. You're going to be known in the church and outside of the church based upon how you carry yourself. Your lifestyle is very, very important. And so when you study or read about David's life, Again, you'll see that he possessed a number of prominent traits, a number of productive traits. But on this morning, the Lord has dealt with me. I want to deal with with three. So let's look at three traits that David possessed. And keep in mind when we look at David, It shouldn't just be something that we admire in him, but it should be something that we apply 
to our own lives. Are you with me on this morning? First trait that David possessed that young men and young women in our day and time should possess is David walked in holiness. David walked in holiness. Holiness, young people, is a lifestyle of godliness. It's a lifestyle where you know that God is sanctifying you. He's cleaning you up. He's making you better. And God sanctifies us with his word. For Jesus said, thy word is true. Sanctify them with thy truth. So I got to make sure I'm coming to God's house and I'm hearing the truth. And, and when I apply that truth to my life, I need to walk in it. I need, I need to walk in it. And then God considers me to be righteous or holy. For Peter said that even young people need to be holy because God is holy. Now, when it comes to walking in holiness, young people, it's important to understand that you are not just doing it just to do it. You're doing it because you want God to use you. You want God to, to bless you. We walk in holiness out of obedience, but we also walk in holiness so God can get the glory in our life. And, and, and this is very important that you understand. If you're going to be a young man or a young woman that walks in holiness, you're determined to live right, it's going to require you having some wisdom. You got to watch the choices that you make if you're going to live holy. In order to walk holy, it requires wisdom. How can you say this, Pastor? Because the Bible describes David as behaving wisely in all his ways. When you consider 1 Samuel 18, 14, that's what it says. And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. So that means, young people, when you are using wisdom, you are basically saying, look, I'm going to discern what I should and what I should not do because I'm trying to live and walk holy. You know that if God don't want you to touch certain things, you're going to have to behave wisely. It does not matter what your peers may be doing. You're walking in wisdom. You know God wants you to be holy because he is holy. You're not going to talk the way everybody else talks. No, you're going to behave wisely because you're striving to walk in holiness. And let me add to this. When you're walking in holiness, it says that you understand that you're protecting what God has put on the inside of you. You're protecting what God has spoken over your life. See, David was anointed as a boy to be the king of 
Israel. And so David, after he was anointed, after God spoke and dropped the oil on him and said, you are the one that's going to be king, David had to watch how he behaved. And see, God does not change, young folk. When he saves you, fills you with his spirit, he charges you to be productive in every aspect of your life, you got to protect that. You, you don't need to let anybody cause you to make bad choices. You have to carry yourself in wisdom. The devil can't make you do anything. Nobody can make you do it's your It's your choice. And so every day you got to wake up realizing God has placed his blessing on your life. God has been merciful and gracious, and you got to protect that. You got to know where you should go and where you shouldn't go. You got to know who you should hang with and who you should not hang with. Paul told the church in Thessalonica, look, you need to know how you need to keep your vessel or your body in sanctification. You got to know it. You got to know what should go in this body. You got to know what you should touch and not touch. Y'all looking at me strange, but I know I'm telling the truth. Holiness is still required even amongst young folk. You can't name the name of Jesus with your mouth, but your behavior be all out of whack. It's got to line up. And so David walked in holiness, but he used wisdom to do so. Are you with me? The first trait that David had was he walked in, in holiness. And that's still relevant today. The second trait that David had is that David was known for his skillfulness. David was known for his skillfulness. He had a distinguishing value that solved problems and caused him to be productive in life. That's what it means in one sense to be skillful. You, you have a distinguishing value that you can use to solve problems and to make money or to be productive. Young people, you got to have a skill set. Even if you don't have a college degree, that's not going to hinder you from having a skill set. In this life, young people, people have problems. And what makes you valuable is when you have a skill that can solve people's problems. And so it's, it's wonderful that you graduate from high school, but you, you need to graduate and then you need to acquire some type of skill set. While you're in high school, you need to discover what God has put on the inside of you and, and, and you need to work on that skill set so you can be a valuable citizen in society. Somebody shout skill set. Let's go to the Bible and let me break it down some more. 1 Samuel 16, 15. It describes the problem that was going on in Saul's life in his day and time. It says, and Saul's servant 
said to him, surely a distressing or depressing spirit from God is troubling you. Saul was depressed. He had a problem. And sadly, Saul didn't know how to get in God's presence on his own to get some deliverance. And so notice, if you will, verse 16. Y'all still with me? They say, let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp, and it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you, and you shall be well. They said, well, we need somebody to solve this problem. He depressed. We need to find somebody that got a skill that can cause Saul, the king, to be well. Look at verse 18. Then one of the servants answered and said, look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. That's David, who is, help me, skillful in, in playing. A mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, handsome, and the Lord is with him. See, Saul had a problem. And David had the answer. And they sought him out to come and solve a problem. That is a great, great example for young people in our day and time. You need to have a skill set so you can be productive. And when you get good, when you master that particular skill, you will be sought after. People will look for you. People will book you. People will set up appointments just because you have a good skill set. Young people, it's not enough just to have a nice phone and to know how to get on TikTok and Snapchat. You need to have a skill set. Do you know how to do hair? Do you know how to do nails? Do you know how to do feet? You need to have some type of skill set. Can you cut grass? Do you know how to rake leaves? Can you change the oil in a lawnmower? Y'all looking real crazy. You gotta have a help me, a skill set. Can you change a motor? Do you know CPR? What do you know how to do besides get on your phone and get on social media? If you're gonna be productive you need to have a skill set. Washing cars, you need to know how to babysit. Can you cook some food, something that you can sell? Can you rake leaves? You need to do more than just look cute. I said you need to do more than just look, look cute. We used to say coming up, skills pay the bills. And see, young folk, while you are young, you need to take advantage of the time that you have and tap in to what God has given you the ability to do so you can be a productive citizen in society. I know I'm talking right. I know a, a, a young man right now. You know what his skill set is? He goes and finds broken washing machines and dryers and he fixes them and then puts them on Facebook and makes money. 
making so much money, he quit his job and been doing this full time for a few years. What's your skill set? What are you good at? What can bring you an extra 50 or $100 a week or a month in? You need to have some type skill set. Because I'm telling you, if you don't use what God has put on the inside of you, that's on you. You're going to come before God. I'm going to come before God. And he's going to want to know, what did you do with what I put on the inside of you? And some of you got parents that's trying to teach you a skill set, but you're not listening. You're not paying attention. You got you to gotta tap in. And even if you decide not to make a career out of it, at least you got a valuable skill set. At least you got something where you don't have to depend on another job or person for some income. So you got to tap in right now. Look at somebody say, you got to tap in. Yeah, you got to find out, are you good at fixing electronics? Are you good at fixing, do y'all know what a DVD player is? A VCR? You, you may have something on the inside that you can use that can cause you to be valuable to somebody else. Can you trade stock? Do, do, do you know how to invest? You need to have some type of skills. Can you cut hair, brother? What can you do? Can you draw? Can you paint? You got to tap in and allow God to use it for his, for his glory. If I'm talking right, somebody ought to shout. He talking right. You got to have a skill set, young folk. David was anointed to be king, but he still knew how to work with his hands. Likewise, you need to know how to work with your hands because the God we serve, he said, look, I'll bless the fruit of your hand. I'll bless what you set your hand to do. But you got to have something to something to do. You got to have a skill set. And it starts while you are while you're young. And so David not only walked in holiness. He not only was known for his skill set, but what I want to deal with for the remainder of the message is that David displayed toughness. David, while he was a teenager, a young man, he displayed toughness. That's what he had. Something that many of us in here need to work on. He had the ability to endure hardship and opposition. And in our verse, opposition was in a giant by the name of Goliath. And opposition was talking to him. Opposition was trying to punk him. In life, young folk, challenges Hardship and difficulties will call your name. Will come to your address. They will find you. Part of life is dealing with hardship. But in the midst of David dealing with Goliath, he remained happy and, and focused. And, and sometimes as you look at my notes, young people, struggle, Stress, 
in trials will try to run a number on you, but you got to know how to remain happy and focused. You got to learn how to count it all joy and still remain focused on the will of God. Because if you ever get overwhelmed by whatever is attacking you in life, you're going to be in a bad situation. Just like Israel in the text, they were in a bad situation because they were not tough. They did not handle Goliath properly. And as you get older, you're going to have to know how to deal with the cares of life. You're going to have to learn how to deal with struggle, stress, and such. Because if you don't, it'll get the best of you. I said it'll get the, the best of you. You don't want to be somewhere trying to smoke your problems away. You don't want to be somewhere trying to hold your problems away. You don't want to be somewhere trying to drink your problems away. You have to learn how to deal with it the right way. You got to have certain traits that David displayed in this verse that I call tough traits. Tough traits. And I want to run through these verses and show us these traits that David possessed and then we're going to be done. Do I have anybody in here that's still with me? Number one, when life becomes stressful, when life puts before you hardships, when life puts before you tough times, you got to have some fortitude. You have to have some fortitude in your spirit, in your mind, and even display it in your body. You got to have fortitude, young people. When a person has fortitude, they're willing to fight when they're being challenged. They're willing to go to battle with whatever is trying to take them out. They don't, they don't break down. They don't stay depressed. They have in their mind, I got to fight this thing. I, I, I got I to got, I got put up a struggle because I know I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood. So, so I'm going to have to fight or have some fortitude. David was not fearful. He was fearless. And it's amazing the word Fortitude, one of the root meanings of fortitude, young people, is manliness. Manliness. In other words, you just got to man up. You got to deal with some things in life that you don't like. You got to deal with some people you don't like. You just got to man up and deal with it. You got to get some fortitude. You, you got to be able to look your Goliaths in the eye and say, well, if it's got to go down, it's just got to go down. But I'm going to do what I need to do, and I'm not going to let you oppress me, depress me, or, or have you thinking I'm going to take myself out. I've got some fortitude. 
Anybody got that type attitude to where, you know, back in the day we used to say, well, I wish you would. I wish you would. Go on. Touch me. I hope you do. Try me. You got to have that kind of attitude when it comes to opposition. You, you got to realize that poverty, young people, would try to take you out. I said it will try to take you out. But, but you got to have the mindset according to God's word that, look, God became poor that I might be rich. Poverty, you trying to take me out, but you can't do it. That's why I'm bringing God his tithe and his offering. That's why I'm praying so I don't faint. You have to fight back at the things that come against your mind, your soul, and your spirit. Some of us just break down. Some of us just, you, you go in a quiet mode. You don't fight back. You got, you got to kill that. Don't you know the Bible says you have the greater one on the inside of you. The Bible says you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You can do all things through Christ who, who strengthens you. You got to get some fight in you. Now, I'm not talking about natural fight. I'm talking about spiritually. Because some of us in here fight somebody at the drop of a dime. But I'm talking about when it comes to just dealing with the cares of life. You got to have some, some fortitude. Look at what David said. I'm talking to somebody even though you're quiet. 1 Samuel 17, 32. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Look at this. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. It may be a challenge, but are you willing to fight? You may have to pray a little bit more effective than what you've been praying, but are you willing to fight? You may have to give a little bit more than what you've been given. Are you willing to fight? You, you, may have to, you may have to separate yourself. Are you willing to, to fight? That's what David said. I'll go. Y'all hearts have failed, but I'll go and I'll fight. Young people, you got to rise up and say, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. If pornography is attacking you, you got to say, I'm going to fight. I'm just not going to do it just because it keep coming to my mind. I'm going to fight this thing. I'm going to fight this lust. I'm going to fight my own desires, my body. I'm going to put it up under subjection. You got to have an I will fight mentality. Quit rolling over. Quit acting weak. Where's your I will fight? Where's your I can defeat this? I'm more than a conqueror. Where is that? You got to stir it up. It's in you. That's what you call fortitude. And that's what David had. And that's what the Lord wants you to have. You got to have some fortitude. Who in here in their right mind just going to let the person behind them just keep tapping the back of their head? Just keep hitting that head. You're just going to keep letting them just tap that head. Are you going to turn around and say something or do something? The same goes in your personal life. 
And see, because God's eyes are in everywhere, he knows some of us, your adversaries have been tearing you up. And you haven't been doing what you need to do. You got to fight back because it ain't going nowhere. I said opposition, hardship, it ain't going nowhere unless you make it go somewhere. One can put a thousand to flight. You can do something if you fight, if you fight back. Fortitude. That's what a tough person has. Even if you get beat up, you showed up. It's nothing like getting beat up, but the person that put it on you, at least they know, man, I'm going to be in it if I ever mess with them again. I done been beat up before, physically and spiritually, but I'm still here. The old folks say, I don't look like what I've been through. It's okay every now and then. You may take a whooping, but do you have some fight in you? When you're tough, you don't fold at the voice of discouragement. So you have fortitude and trait number two. You don't fold at the voice of discouragement. Discouragement has a voice. And discouragement will talk to you. How many have ever been discouraged in their life? By a show of hands. When a person is discouraged... It says that something or somebody is trying to break your spirit. Something or somebody is trying to break your spirit. Trying to convince you that you can't do it. Trying to convince you that you can't have it. Trying to convince you that you're not what God said you are. Trying to break your spirit. Trying to make you go from happy to depressed. Has something or somebody ever tried to break you before? Yeah. Yeah, you in here. Because it's happened to me as a young person as well as an adult. Life young folk will try to break you will try to put a reproach on your name, will try to make you look stupid. Let me teach you something about discouragement according to the text. Is anybody listening to the teaching? 1 Samuel 17, 33. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a, a youth. And he a man of war from his youth. Look at this. You must recognize the voice of discouragement. It speaks, number one, to your deficiencies. And number two, to your differences. That's what Saul did to David. He tried to discourage him based upon his age, his experience. 
you're deficient. You don't have the experience to fight this, this champion. And see, that's what discouragement will do, young people. It will talk about your weak areas. You know, you messed up like this before. Well, you know, it can't happen for you because you was born in the projects. Well, well, well you know, you know, this can't happen for you because of the color of your skin, your, your deficiency. It try to play on you. Then he talked about what was different about him. You are one thing and he's another. Discouragement will try to compare you to other folks. Discouragement will have you looking like you're not doing good and somebody else is doing better. Discouragement will compare your life to other folk. Boy, I know I'm talking right. That discouragement is persuasive. But the one thing, young people, that we can use on the voice of discouragement when it talks to us is a testimony. That's what David had. Discouragement was trying to talk to him and tell him what was going to happen. But David had a testimony. He knew what God did for him in his past. I may not have the experience that Goliath has, but I do have some experience. And where I lack an experience, I make up with the anointing. I may not have all of the experience of somebody else, but God is with me and I got some victories in my life. And if he gave me the victory over him, he'll give me the victory over, over him. When you feel discouraged, young folk, tough folk hang on to what God has done for them. You have to cherish, you have to hold on to what God has done for you and what he has allowed you to hear that he has done in other folk. You may not be where God wants you to be, but when you hear how God took Sister Georgia through a whole bunch of different steps but helped her to get to a better place, you got to hold on to that. Because discouragement will try to tell you it ain't going to happen for you, but, but you have to pull up a testimony. Well, you did it for Georgia, and I know you show no respect to person. If you did it for her, then I know you're going to do it for me. Discouragement, young folk, is real. Discouragement will try to compare you to other people. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. We're not to compete. We're not to compete with anybody. You have your own life and your own journey. Don't compare yourself to your siblings or the fellow saints that you go to church with. You have your own journey just like they have their own journey. We got the same destination, but God may allow us to go through different things to get to where he wants us to be. So it may have happened for somebody in two years, but it may take eight for you. 
And somebody here saying, I don't want the eight. Well, it may go down like that. It may happen for two years in somebody else's life, but you can't compare yourself to that. God may have purpose that you need to go through something for eight years. And you end up in the same place, in the same place. But you can get discouraged if you listen to that voice of comparison. Just because somebody got more than you, that don't mean you're not going to have abundance. It just may take some time for you to get there. So don't get discouraged in your soul. When God was taking Israel to the promised land, they went through a season where the Bible says they were discouraged in the way. You got to tough it up because sometimes God will have you to go away. You may not want to go, but it's necessary for you to be the person that he wants you to be. So just suck it up and let God have his have his way. Don't get discouraged in your soul. When you get discouraged, you, you start going back. You start getting sluggish. You start forgetting. But you got to remember what God has done for you, and you got to keep moving forward. One writer said, the race is not given to the strong nor the swift. It's not about who get there first. It's just about getting there. I said, it's not about who gets there first. It's about getting there. It's about getting there. It's about staying the course until God says, well, well done. But you know what plagues many people in our day and time? Discouragement. They get discouraged. They get weary in well-doing. And they cast away their confidence. And the Bible says, young people, don't cast away your confidence. It has great what? It has great reward. It has great reward. Look at what David said in 1 Samuel 17, 36. Your servant has killed both lion and, and bear. I may not have the biggest testimony, but I got a testimony. I said I may not have the biggest testimony or the greatest experience, but I got a testimony. And I got some experience. You have to ride off of that. You have to use what God gives you. Am I talking right? Are y'all still with me? If you're going to be enduring, if you're going to have some toughness, you got to apply what I'm, what I'm teaching. Finally, as I close, David had divine foresight. 1 Samuel 17, 36. Y'all got to help me finish this strong. 1 Samuel 17, 36. He says, and this uncircumcised Philistine, look at these next few words, will be like one of them. This uncircumcised Philistine going to be just like the lion and the bear. He had foresight. He was able to see what was going to happen before he could see what happened. Young people, part of being tough 
is having a knowing on the inside of you. You got to know that your labor is not in vain. You got to know that your redeemer lives. You got to see it before you can actually see it. When you're going through tough times, let's just say, for instance, paying certain bills, you got to know that God done already met your needs. You, you got to be able to see it even though you got late due payments and, and, and you got bill collectors on your answer machine. You got to be able to see that it's not going to always be like this. As long as I stay in God's will, he's going to supply my need according to his riches in glory. You got to see it before you see it. You got to know that if he put a business in you, he's going to birth it. Whatever he started, he's God enough to complete it. Tell somebody you got to have some foresight. Yeah, when you're struggling in your classes, you still got to see, well, I'm struggling, but, but I'm still going to pass. I'm struggling, but I'm still going to graduate on time. You got to have some foresight. When you get turned down for something in life, young folk, you still got to be able to see, well, it's going to happen. I'm still going to get it. I'm going to be driving. I'm going to be riding. I'm going to be having the top down and the music up. It just didn't happen right here, but I got some foresight. And that's what David had. He said to Goliath, look, you're going to fall. You're going down today. And he said it before it even, it even happened. You got to be just the same way. Man, I'm going on a good vacation. This time next year, we're going to be whining and dining and having a good time. We're going, we going on vacation this time next year. And, of course, whining and dining means having a good time. Y'all understand? You got to have foresight. I said you have to have some, fore, some foresight. You got to see yourself with your heart's desire before it happened. The Bible says that we are like God, able to call those things that be not as though they, as though they were. You know, God saw the earth while it was void and without form. He spoke the word on it while it was nothing. You got to speak on your life. Oh, I'm going to have a scholarship. It, it ain't came yet, but I got foresight. It's going to happen. It's his good pleasure to give me the kingdom. He's going to do it. He said, as long as I walk upright, he won't withhold any good thing from me. Is free money in the form of a scholarship a good thing? You got to have foresight. But see, where many saints mess up, is they get stuck on what they see. We got to look at what we don't see. That's real hope. Why should we hope on what we can see? No, no, no. You got to hope on what you don't see. I used to tell my wife, one day, I'm going to be able to take you shopping. You can get whatever you want. Just hang on in there with me. One day. One day. And I was just one talking. I was doing what I needed to do. Faith without works is dead being alone. 
And so I would do what I needed to do. And that day finally, that day finally came. I used to say, one day he going to pay this off. I don't know when, but one day he going to pay this off in the name of Jesus. I wasn't waiting on Biden. I was waiting on the Lord to pay off my student loan. And guess what he did? He paid it off. Folks still waiting on Biden and them. You don't know what they're going to do. But God's word is a promise. And all of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. One day. You got to have some foresight. What's in your heart that you want God to do? You got to see it, young people, before it even happens. Once you see it, you got to talk about it. Death and life is in the what? Power of the tongue. You got to speak it. Speak it. Then you got to put your hand to work. You got to do what God has told you to do. And in the process of time, the vision going to come to pass. We just got to wait on it. Boy, that's, that's the strategy right there. You got to see it in your mind, in your spirit. You got to talk about it. And you got to do what God tells you to do foresight and sure enough when David and Goliath got to going at one another it wasn't even no big battle David hit him with a rock then took out his sword and cut his head off cut his head off I mean just a roughneck didn't just, didn't just hit him with a stone cut his head off defeated what was coming against him. That ain't nothing but toughness. When you get to facing hardship, struggle, and such, fortitude, you don't fold at discouragement and have some foresight. Don't let what you're going through cloud your vision. Don't let what you're going through cloud what God showed you or said he was going to do in your life. And when you apply these attributes, you got some toughness. And how many see it in David's life but are determined to apply it to your own life by a show of hands? Tell somebody, say, we got to have. Tell them what we got to have. Some toughness. I'm going to stop right there. Let's go.